Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the cold winter of 1989, a Sabat pack who has suffered an immeasurable loss is given an ultimatum. Go to the Twin Cities of Minnesota, investigate why a deeply embedded pack has stopped reporting back, or meet their final death. This is Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Cities by Night, Sorrow, a tale of loss and regret that follows the Sabat pack known as the Nothing. Join us with Becca playing Linda, a Milkavian anti-tribute, Craig playing Jake, a pander, Jordan playing Abigail, a Ravenous anti-tribute, Monica playing Jenny, a Shimizi, and Slavic playing Charlie, a Bruja anti-tribute, and Chris as the storyteller. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter, at twin underscore cities underscore btm or on facebook and discord as twin cities by night we hope you enjoy jake and jenny you're in this van driving along jenny you have this part of a street map that's been folded up you can see like the familiar like cyan colored little routes that are usually on maps like this like city maps as it's sitting in your lap what are you guys doing seems on you guys jake will take the map and try to decipher it so Jenny could concentrate on not crashing into a snowbank because it's still snowing. Jake, you unfold this map with your hands that are too caked in blood on these pants of yours that have blood all over them. And you're like opening this, you know, it's made of that crinkly thin paper and you open it up and it looks like it's about, it's been cut out, but it's about like 12 inches by like eight inches, you know, like a segment of the map was cut out. And you see that there's a like a grease pencil, red grease pencil that circled a specific address on there. And you're looking at it. It looks like it's in this neighborhood called the Seaward neighborhood that's in southeast Minneapolis. Right now, you're kind of like in the middle of Minneapolis. And you see if you got on this specific highway that would lead down to that area. And you're able to kind of give her the directions to follow along if you would like. Yeah, I take some time to kind of look at the street signs as we're flying by them and then basically yeah head southeast and i'll tell you when to get off and jake's like still getting together um after his own post frenzy activities himself and like realizes that he's still hurt so he's gonna like manipulate his blood to start stitching his body back together yeah and you your wound is kind of like was on your shoulder you know it was was like a grazing wound there and as you're like focusing, you can feel it like knitting together. You feel like warmth, which is something you usually don't feel anymore. That's like coming from you, but you feel that it heals up and knots up. And there's just a point where you know, Jenny, what's going on in your mind right now while you're driving, following these directions from Jake? Jenny's starting to calm down a bit. The heavy snow muffling all the external sound. And all she can really hear is Benjamin's painful breathing and grunting. And behind, she hears Jake kind of fumbling through the map. So she goes kind of like into this concentration trance where she's focusing on the road and trying to calm down from what to her was a lot of excitement. But in the back of her mind is just still, okay, Abigail and Linda are alive, but are they okay? Especially Abigail, did she she frenzy? Did she kill anyone? And who are these people? If they did end up in the same location that we're headed to, who pulled them out? Who are these people? Can she trust them? So you get on this highway and you're driving along. Would you guys like to have a scene between you all before we get to this location? All right, go ahead. Scenes on you guys. What happened back there? 
I don't know. It, it all just happened so fast. One minute I see cops pulling up and then there were gunshots and I, I don't know. It just, everything happened by instinct. Are yeah. you okay? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if anyone could be okay after that. That's what did I do? What did <sighs> you did what you had to do, Jake, what we had to do. There was no way out of it. We protected Linda. We protected Abigail as best as we could. We have to look out for one another. The things I did, I did them for you. I did them for them. And that's that's what you have to focus on. Yeah. I, are you hurt? Are you physically hurt? I need a new shirt, but and then he, he kind of looks down at his shoulder and kind of like pulls it back and like uh, fixing myself up a little bit. Oh, man. Uh, but those guys, they, what, they have families or something. They should have thought of that before they came after us. They may have had families, but they were coming after our family, Jake. We we had to do it, okay? Look at look at Ben. He's not even part of our family, and look at what he put himself through to save us. Yeah, I I was just thinking about that, and Jake kind of looks to Ben as he's like gazing outside the window. God, I I sometimes envy Mark. He's he's out of it. Jacob, and you just hear this voice coming from the front seat. No. Just, no, don't say that. And I was just starting to like you, Jacob. You just hear a little snicker come from him. Whatever, asshole. And Jake kind of laughs a little bit. Jenny doesn't say anything, but, you know, what Benjamin just said really kind of resonates with her. She had a very different experience of this entire battle than the rest of them did. She felt exhilarated, excited that, you know, she got to see what she could do physically. And she was so proud of Jake for a little while, just, you know, hulking out and taking people down and just, just feeding. Just She thought that this was really like a breakthrough moment for him where he could be his fullest potential and he was finally accepting himself. But then as soon as he says that he, you know, he wishes that he were dead, it's just like a huge letdown for her. And she kind of just shakes her head and bites her lip, just trying to keep her thoughts and her words in check because right now she's very irritated. I lost myself though, Jenny. It, it hasn't happened for a while, but I lost myself. That wasn't me in there, out there. Well, Jake, maybe if you fed, okay? Maybe if you did what we were taught to do, this wouldn't have happened the way it did. I still don't think you did anything wrong. You defended yourself. You defended me. You defended Abigail, you defended Linda, okay? And if it weren't for that, you wouldn't even be alive right now. And what would we do without you? Do you ever think about that? Jake kind of looks at the ground and shuffles his feet and then probably sees like the snow mixing with blood and then looks up. Maybe you're right. I don't know. You're in the van, but yes, you can see snow mixing with blood on the van, but yes. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, gotcha. The snow mixing with blood at his feet in the band carpeting this is who we are now okay you can't keep clinging to who you were you're not that person anymore jake you have to step up for yourself for us i wouldn't have made it out of there had it not been for you okay think of how much guilt you'd feel if i went if ben went if if this would have cost us the entire pack our mission everything we're just trying to hang on to get this mission done and then we can be free all of us we can all be free and you can do whatever you want but you, you can't keep thinking like this, Jake. It's just so frustrating. And she slams her hands on the wheel. Jenny, now, Jenny. 
calm down. No shoes, please. Just get us there. Hearing yeah. Ben kind of makes her smile a little because she can appreciate that even though everything he's been through, he's still trying to lighten the mood. So she rolls her eyes and kind of smirks a little. And then uh, the hand that she still has over his hand, she kind of very gently smacks him with, you know, smacks his hand with hers and goes, shut up, you. You're supposed to be half dying. Ugh. I swear, I don't think they tell us that Kane endorsed relationships when it comes to packs, but I don't know. Don't ask me. Are we almost there? You with the map. Yeah, um, that's that's your turn up there, Jen. Uh, she's going to take her turn. She's going to kind of grip Benjamin's hand a little tight just to kind of reassure him and say, we're here. Okay, where do you want us to where do you want us to park? And you see that he's like I, the address where. Oh, no, wait. And as you make a right and you're going along this road, you see that these are older homes. They look like that they were, you know, probably built like 100 years ago. But these aren't like high end homes. You see that there's sidewalks. You know, the sidewalks are so old where like some of the segments of the sidewalks are a little bit lifted because roots from these huge trees that are in the yard have gone underneath and lifted them up. You see that snow still coming down and light emanates gently from these older street lamps that go along the road. And as you are looking, Jake, at this map, you see the address is coming up. You guys come up to this house that's made of red brick and it has dark green pine trim. It's two stories high. You see that there's a street lamp that's on the curb in front of it. There's a porch that has snow on it and you see the front lawn gently goes down like a hill and it's covered in snow. You see snow that's fallen. It's trying to actually cover up the driveway and the sidewalk. You see that there are windows on both stories. And on the very top where the roof comes together, you see there's one of those attic windows. I need you, Jenny, to roll me a perception alertness, please. Difficulty six. Two successes. You feel this comfort come over you while you're looking at this house. This warm light comes through the windows, the curtains. It's almost like a beacon of escape from the elements outside. It's quaint. It tugs on your heartstrings almost like when you were first married or had your first kid and you had to survive the cold winters of New York. And you know you'd come in from like walks with your husband or taking your kid out sledding and coming in right when it was starting to get dark and knowing that within there lied hot chocolate and your heater and comfort. Now I need you all to roll me perceptual learners difficulty seven. Nothing for Jake. One success for Jenny. You see on the second floor, Jenny, as you're in this vehicle looking out the window, you see the drapes flutter a little bit as if someone was looking out. And Benjamin looks at you, Jenny, and he's like, be a dear and help me out here so I can at least walk on my own two feet. Fine, but don't bleed on my shoes, all right? <laughs> you and your shoes. You're going to get blood on me either way. If it's not from me right now, it's from throwing them at me later when I upset you. Promise? <laughs> and he just like smirks at you. He's like, help me out, you two, please. Okay. Uh, Jenny's going to unbuckle after she parks and she's going to step out, cross the front of the vehicle and um, open Benjamin's door and very gently help him to stand outside. Jake will come around and like get under his other arm so he can kind of like between the two of us walk. You guys feel the snow coming down. It's coming down rather hard right now. Probably to the extent where in about an hour, it wouldn't even be safe to drive on the roads until the plows start getting out. And you walk up these concrete steps that cut through the front yard that lead up to the porch. And when you get to the steps that go up to the porch, you see the door opens. 
and you see a figure standing there. She has blue jeans on and has a blouse, a black sleeveless blouse. She has long brown hair, these rather large brown eyes, and she's looking down. And there's a moment where she looks at Benjamin. You see Benjamin, you feel his arms like adjust a little bit, like he's trying to stand taller. Jake and Jenny, when he has his arms draped around you, and you see she looks at Jenny, and Jenny, you catch eye contact with her, and you see she smiles at you. She's like, Benjamin, Benjamin, what did you get yourself into? Please bring him in. Come in. We kind of like huff him on our arms and kind of walk in past her into the house more. As you guys walk up to the porch, you walk into the entryway of the house. And you see that there's like a coat rack there with coats hanging on it. And you see that if, if you step a little forward, you see to the right, there's the living room. Immediately to the left, it looks like there's the kitchen area right there. And you look and you look straight ahead and you see that there's steps that go up. So there's only really the living room and the kitchen that's on this floor. Um, Jake, knowing it's easier to clean blood from linoleum than carpeting goes towards the kitchen. She looks at you and she's like nods. She's like, bring him in there. And you see Benjamin, like she puts her hand on Benjamin's shoulder. She's like, I'll be in there, Benjamin. I'll be in there. And you just see he kind of looks at her and he's just like nodding. You see this clean look on his face as you help him into the kitchen, Jake. So you bring him in there into the kitchen area. And Jenny, you're turning to go there and you feel a hand on your shoulder. And it's her. And she's like stopping you for a moment. Jenny stops in her tracks and kind of looks at the hand and then looks up at the woman. Yes. And she's a little bit taller than you, like a couple inches. And she's like, come, speak to me in the living room real quick. Don't you think Benjamin needs help? Benjamin is okay. He will heal. If he's not already in torpor, he will not fall into it. Jenny hesitates for a second. She kind of looks at Ben to make sure he's all right. And it's not that she doesn't trust this woman, but she's more concerned about Benjamin at the moment. But she nods. And she kind of walks away with the woman. And you see that, Jake. You see her turn and walk the opposite way. And then you see the lady goes, we'll be right back. Okay. And Jake's kind of like looking and watching Jenny and presumably Mallory leaving. And then looks down at like Benjamin's body. And is he like growing like more inert and less there? Or is he still with us? We'll, we'll get to you guys real quick, okay? You step into the living room. You see that there's hard wood, dark hard wood on the floor. There's a couch that sits in front of a two windows that face the front. And there's this old wooden coffee table. The couch has a floral pattern to it. And across from the coffee table against the wall in the living room, there is a love chair that has the same pattern as the couch. The room is dimly lit because of a light that's in a ceiling fan. The ceiling fan is slowly spinning. You see that there's wallpaper, like an older wallpaper in here that has a pattern, somewhat of a striped pattern that seems somewhat yellowed. And she motions for you to sit down. There's no TV in here, no bookshelf, anything. And she motions for you to sit down, Jenny, on the couch. Jenny kind of out of habit runs her hand down her pants, trying to make sure it's, you know, to dry them off as much as she can since she was doing a lot of diving in the snow. And then she sits and just looks up at the woman expectantly. And the woman sits down in the love chair and she gently crosses her legs. She's like, what is your name? Jenny, who are you? My name is Mallory, but I assume you know that if you showed up here with Benjamin. Ah, the famous Mallory. Good to put a face to the name. 
I'm famous. Say my, I hope everything you heard was good. It came from Ben. So yeah, that's good. What are you Jenny? Let me ask you that. Think on your answer real quick. Think on it before you answer. What are you? Jenny's going to kind of raise an eyebrow looking at her a little confused by that question. She goes the same thing as you. And you feel the house is somewhat warm right now. Like the heat's on a little bit too high. And she looks at you and she's like, what am I then, Jenny? She kind of just shakes her head and chuckles. Does anybody in your family, so to speak, anybody in your group talk like normal people? Or is it all riddles with you guys? You're just like Benjamin. You're a vampire. I'm a vampire. What of it? Why should we act like normal people, Jenny? You expect me to act like a normal person. And then on the other hand, you say I'm a vampire. So what do you want me to act like? A canite or a kine? You want me to act like the cattle or the herder? You're the wolf, but there's no need for riddles here. You're amongst family. Oh, I know I am. I've dreamt about you, Jenny. What? Yes. What she just kind of smirks at you. Just what I said. What about me? I dreamt that this would happen, that I would speak to you. You like to hide your, your pain a lot, don't you? What pain? I don't have any pain. Oh, you don't? So what I saw in your face when Benjamin went into the kitchen with that other man, what was that? She has one hand on her own knee, and then she pulls the other hand to kind of hold herself by the elbow, you know, kind of putting one arm in front of herself. And she looks away because, you know, she kind of got caught. (laughs) And uh, she shrugs and says, I don't know, just wanted to make sure that somebody in your pack made it out okay. I would have thought you'd be more concerned. Jenny, I'm going to ask you again. What are you? What we all are, the Sword of Cain. Oh, and what is the purpose of the Sword of Cain? What is the Sword of Cain? Now we're doing history lessons? No, I want to know what you think it is. It's us. It's all of us, okay? We're the undead. And what's our purpose? Well, our current purpose is to find out what the heck your pack did or didn't do and to go home. But why are you a sword, Jenny? What's the purpose of a sword? To cut. To cut what? Whatever it comes into contact with. Yeah, and who wields the sword, Jenny? All of us. We are the sword. But you just said you're the sword of Cain, though. Is this really necessary right now? Jenny, tell me about yourself before you became a Cainite. I was a boring human, just like you, just like everybody else. How were you boring, Jenny? What was your life like? We were asleep, okay? We were just going through our our daily routines of of working, feeding kids, Kids. school, Kids. You had kids that went to school. You were a mother. Right. And a wife? Yeah. What were you before you were a mother and a wife? Did you have dreams and aspirations to be something on your own? Of course, everybody does. So why didn't you follow that? Because I got knocked up and I ended up with kids and a husband. And a husband. So you served him. I didn't serve him. Oh, well, you said you had kids and got knocked up and you couldn't follow your dreams. So why did you not follow your dreams after you had kids and got knocked up? Because someone has to take care of everything. What does this have to do with anything right now? Jenny, who do you serve right now? What do you mean serve? We don't serve anyone. We're acting on behalf of our bishop. But you're the sword of Cain. Who is Cain? Our descendant. Our descendant. And you know that to be true? We're the descendants of him. Yes. Well, that's what our priest told us. But you're serving him, right? But you don't serve anyone. Are you free? We will be as soon as we get you back up there. Ah, but why are you so skinny, Jenny? Thank you for noticing, but because I just am. Oh, because you are. So you were naturally that malnourished after you had children? 
Jenny's getting very irate right now. Um, she kind of shoots her a very sharp look and says, I'm done with this conversation. I'm going to go see how Benjamin is doing. Jenny, I would suggest staying seated. And Why? when you, because you're about to realize a lot of stuff, Jenny. You notice behind her the wallpaper, or you thought before you saw a pattern of lines that went up and down, you see something different. It looks like there's a large symbol there that's about five feet in diameter. It looks like in the middle of the symbol is like a circle, but it looks like part of the top was shaded to make look like the unshaded part was a crescent moon. And around this crescent moon, you see that looks like there is another circle. And from that circle, it looks like there's some vines and then a couple leaves. And she looks at you and she's like, Jenny, be honest with me. And I judge you not, for I'm a priest too. But tell me, Jenny, do you still feel the pain that you felt before you became a vampire? Jenny's a little fascinated with the wall at the moment. Um, she was going to kind of either take her shoe and throw it at this woman or just straight up walk out of the room. But her attention's currently captivated and focused on the wallpaper changing because to her it says that the person who she's dealing with is very much so in control of themselves and they have a lot of power that they're not showing you know this this the fact that they did this so effortlessly kind of puts her in awe she's not afraid she's amazed so she's taking her a little more seriously now but when she says she's a priest she kind of you know in her head she's like great another one of these guys so she forces her eyes away from the wallpaper and looks at Mallory and says, I don't understand why you keep asking these things. I already told you, I don't have any human pain left in me. I am not human. Then why do you make yourself look the way you do? What do you mean? How else would I make myself look? Do you want me to just turn myself into a giant beast and walk the streets? How well would that end for me? But being a malnourished cattle, what purpose does that serve? I'm not malnourished. I'm beautiful. Oh, and you are. I think you're beautiful. I think you're lovely. I find you fascinating. Do you find you're really, me? You're really weird, lady. No. You're creeping me out. Jenny, you know why I creep you out? Because you're still stuck. On what? On who you used to be. I'm not that person anymore. Jenny, why do you play house? What do you mean play house? Why do you have a lover? That's none of your business. Is it because you feel like you need to have a lover? No, it's because he's good in bed. Oh, and what does bed have to do with us anymore? Because you're not human. That doesn't mean that we don't have tactile feelings, okay? If you get shot, do you not feel pain? Pain helps us grow. Pain helps us evolve. Pain is weakness leaving the body. We get it. I've seen the ads. Have you heard of Lilith? Lilith? Yes. The Bible don't. story? No. No. Do you think your life, the pain you felt, the loss you felt, has led you to be who you are now? I, I, don't, I don't know. I am who I am do now you feel because that you I learned? went to the wrong club at the wrong time. Jenny, do you feel like you have learned from your pain? I've learned to ignore it. I've but learned to be above it. You, you, you're above it, but you follow the same tracks. Lilith helped Cain. Lilith taught Cain everything that he knew. And what did Lilith get in return? She got raped. All her children got slaughtered. She had to see women be brought over, turned to Cainites, and forced to serve in patriarchal societies 
that may label themselves different. So I'm going to ask you this, Jenny. Who are you, are you a sword for? I act for myself, okay? You don't. Right now, I'm not in a power to, but once I Why bring aren't you, you in guys the power back, to? Do you think that who sent you? Hmm? Sanguis. Yes. And do you think once you're done, he's going to let you be free? That's the idea. That's oh. what we hope. But who are you a sword of? Jenny's really starting to get irritated now. She, Jenny, she's taking her down. hands into a, she's taking yeah. her hand into her elbow and she's giving her a sharp look. Look, I'm not like you, okay? I'm not powerful. I'm not ancient. I'm not all knowing. I'm not a priest. I'm not anybody. I'm just Jenny. And Jenny. the rest of my pack is just like me. We're trying to survive. Jenny, you can be more. You know you can be more. You flail about in your ways like your body now showing that you can be more. I feel it in you. But let me tell you this, Jenny, you're bound right now and you are bound against your will. What you feel for your pack right now was forced upon you to indenture you, to force you to serve Cain against your will. You are once again in the position you were when you were forced to have children for that man and you're expected to serve. Jenny, do you love that man who is in the kitchen with Benjamin right now? Jenny reflexive, reflexively goes to say that she does, but, you know, she opens her mouth, but then the events of the, the talk that they had in the, in the van where Jake is basically just going sad and regretful and guilty about what he did kind of just makes her close her mouth and roll her eyes again, say, look, I'm not serving anyone. I'm not indentured to anyone. I'm not a servant. I'm not a serf. These are my pack members, just like Benjamin is your pack member. We can't all be so callous. And when you say that, she motions to the coffee table. And at this coffee table in front of you, and this vase that you didn't notice before, there's a flower. It's this beautiful flower. It has oranges and reds and yellows. So it's almost hypnotic. Almost kind of looks like a sunflower, kind of, but you have never really quite seen anything like it before. Listen, Jenny, you are not free but I offer freedom. Do you want it? Freedom from what? You're not even free. You're just as bound to him as I'm bound to my pack because that's what we do. Jenny, I am no longer bound. I haven't been bound in a long time, Jenny. At that, Jenny's mouth kind of goes slack and she looks absolutely shocked because as far as Jenny knows, this is just what you do. You're always bound. These, This is your pack. So she looks at her and goes, what do you mean you're not bound? How? Jenny, you see that flower in front of you? What of it? I offer freedom. All you have to do is taste of it, and you will feel the freedom too. And betray my family? Betray my pack? You won't betray anyone, Jenny. You'll be free. Do you think betrayal is being free? Do you not see how you answer your own question right now? You say you serve no one, but when I offer you freedom and your own choices you can make, you think it's betrayal. You see, Jenny, what I told you before, the cycle continues. You go from one role to the same role of a different name. These gifts you are given, that you have, you feel them, and you think they change how you view yourself. They don't, because you are still stuck in your ways. Ali Lilitu, Jenny, taste the flower, be free. And me and others welcome you with open arms. Jenny's hand kind of reaches towards the vase and she's looking at the flower and it, it's beautiful. It's probably the most beautiful thing she's seen in a long time other than just dirty snow and, and blood and 
everything, you know, she's so fed up in a sense with everything that's happened tonight. And, you know, the flower looks very tempting. So she, she grabs it, but then she sets it back down and says, I do have a choice. And I choose Abigail. I choose Linda and I choose Jake because they are my family. I could do everything myself, but I'm here for them just as much as they are for me. Not because of some rule, not because someone's forcing me to, but because I have a choice and I choose to. And we'll switch to Jake. Jake, you're in this kitchen and you sat down, Benjamin, on this seat. It's one of those old like metal table chairs that have like the, a green lime green cushioning on there. And there's like this circular round table that has like a plastic like tablecloth over it. The shelves and the cabinets are like a yellow color. You see that there's a linoleum with like like plastic, you know, flowers or whatever on the pattern. And there's wallpaper that has like these linear lines. And Benjamin is sitting there and his head's down. And you see him lift his head up and he looks at you and he just gets up and he starts walking towards the steps, like into that little hallway entryway where, you know, on the other end was the living room. And you see him walking up towards the steps. Where are you going? You're going to get blood everywhere. And he's slowly walking up these steps and you hear his foot going up and you look to where the living room's at and you don't see an entrance for the living room. But where, and Jake probably keeps following him up just because like he's confused and doesn't know what else to do. You see him at the top of the steps and he stops there for a second. You see his back and then he just turns right and you see him walking what you assume to be a hallway. But he's walking more straighter than he was before. And you hear a voice coming from the hallway. Jake? And you hear the voice of your wife. Jake? Jess, is that you? Jake, come up here. Come up here, Jake. I miss you. But, and Jake kind of like instinctively just continues to climb the stairs, but he's really confused. And when you get up to the top of the stairs, you look to the right and you see like there's a hallway and there's like a carpet on the hardwood floor in this hallway. And you see there's like two doors to the left and two doors to the right. You see standing in this hallway is your wife. She's wearing the outfit that she wore when you first met her. It's like this turtleneck cream colored sweater and then like these guest jeans. She has like these boots black leather boots on that has like buckles when you see her auburn hair is kind of like curled a little bit as it goes down and she smiles at you hello jake jess how you're what? what look at you and she walks up to you for a second and then she just puts her hand on your chest what have you become i didn't want this what did you, what did you, you didn't want what oh this and he pulls his hand away and He's expecting to see like the crusted blood from the hour before. It's there. All this, all this senseless violence and. You don't like I violence, killed, Jake? I killed someone. Yes, you killed me. Why did you kill me, Jake? I did. I don't. You, Jake, uh, I was the mother of your child. I know. I. What? And you see her eyes is open. Like she's like doing that condescending look. Like you got something to say. Like what? This can't be real. Oh, but you don't feel bad about what you did before you killed me? What? You think it was fine that you made me stay at home? I didn't raise I didn't our make, kid. I didn't make you do anything. We talked about this, Jess. Oh, you think I had a say in it? What did, what say did I have in it? What was I gonna tell you? No, I'm not gonna raise our kid. Did you offer to do anything different? You said that I should follow my dream. And what was your dream to kill me and our kid? 
No, no, that's... Do you want to see him? He wants to see you. He cries for you all the time. You don't remember that, do you? Oh, you do remember it, don't you? I think you remember it. I hope you do. And Jake probably has, like, this terrified look on his face, like, he doesn't want to see the child, but he does. Then you hear he this. Oh, he's awake now, Jake. You have to come and see him, Jacob. I mean, you know, this is, this is, you brought this on yourself, right? I think Jake sort of slowly walks towards where the crying is. He looks down. You're walking towards the door. It's at the last door on the left. It's like you want to walk past her, but she's standing in your way. You got to answer some questions, Jacob, before you see our son. Why are you making another woman serve the same role you made me serve? You're you're dead. This You're dead too, Jacob. Is it stopping you from being the monster that you are? Why did you have to come home that night, Jacob? Thought I could get away. I I tried to get away. So you came to our house and killed me and our son. I never planned that. It just happened. So you just happened to decide to come home that night. Did the others go back to their homes and kill their families? No, I... No. I thought... I didn't know what to think. You just thought you'd come home and take it out on me, just like you ruined my life before. But this time, you couldn't even keep your pathetic self to harming yourself. You had to harm our son. I didn't want to. Oh, did you... Were you afraid he was going to grow up to be like you? You couldn't live... You couldn't... You couldn't exist without... With knowing that him and I could move on and live a happier life. So you knew you were damned, so you had to kill us too. No. Because no. you knew you couldn't be by yourself. No, you make knew it stop. That, no, you knew that. And you see, she puts her hands on your shoulder. We're going to cut back to Jenny. Jenny, it's not about serving. It's not about decisions you make. Jenny, let me tell you this. And you see, she stops for a second. I see you looking at the ceiling. I know you feel connected here, Jenny. And when you say, when she said that, you feel like the seat just slightly shift underneath you. Jenny, tell me about your family that you speak of. What makes them so special? That they're just like me. We were all turned at the same time. We were all embraced at the same time. We've done everything together. We're a pack. Mm. It's amazing how there's so many strong women in your pack. But yet you anchor yourself, Jenny. Jenny, do you want to know what freedom feels like for a second? I am free. Why don't you understand that? <laughs> you see her for a second. She stops and she like covers her mouth gently. She's like, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Oh, I forgot what it was like to be so young. Oh, Jenny, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to let you know what it feels like. I'm going to give you a little taste. And then when I'm done, I think you might have an understanding. Jenny. What? And when you say what, you kind of feel like, like your chest is taking a breath for a second and you feel the seat adjust a little bit behind you, like the couch adjusts a little bit and you feel almost like a hole in your spirit. Like when Felix and Paya disappeared, but this time it's Jake and you feel now I'm not gonna tell you how to, how your character feels, but you feel that not that Valdery role as if it's gone. Now I'll let you as a player, tell me how that you interpret that you know your character interprets that but you feel for a second when you stand and you're sitting there and you're looking at this lady mallory across from you 
and you see she's just smiling at you and you notice that like the symbol behind the wall on the wallpaper behind her head almost seems to like it's weird you're like looking at it it almost like is a hypnotic in a way what does jenny feel when she feels that weight lifted almost jenny is she just kind of slumps into the couch as if something you know as if she were a a doll and the batteries got taken out and she just stops functioning. She just kind of slumps back and she just feels that absence of Jake. And for a moment, she's really scared because what if, what if it's real? You know, she left Jake alone with Benjamin. And if it is real, what if Abigail's next? So she looks at Mallory like wide eyed and scared and said, what did you do? Oh, he's alive. You see, you think he's dead but he's not. What you're feeling is yourself not bound to another person by a patriarchal valdry. You're feeling on your own, probably for the first time in three years, no forced connection with that man. <sighs> and she stands up for a second and you see while she's standing up and you're kind of like super relaxed in this couch, she takes off her sweater or her, her blouse she had on and she puts it on the floor and you see she has no bra on, underneath, but you see all on her chest and on her stomach are these like brands almost it looks like these symbols and she slowly like takes off her pants that she had on and then she stands in front of the coffee table and she says jenny come with me i'll show you what love really is and we'll go ahead and end it there for the session hello if you're enjoying vampire the masquerade twin seas by night sorrow i would highly recommend our ghoul's fatal addiction story servitude which takes place three months before the events of Sorrow and is part of the Twin Seas by Night continuity. 